When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May. This is a episode from yesterday. It's a Dead Dads special. Um, I am in the Dead Dads Club, and it was recorded on Father's Day. So I hope you enjoy it. And speaking of clubs, you guys know my Patreon club. Join it if you want to watch the video, patreon.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. Peluso is my dad's last name. My dad, dad. It means big and hairy. Google it. It's legit. Actually refers to a man with a hairy beard, but considering I'm a woman, I guess it refers to me. Ew, gross. It's Monday. Too soon, bitch. Way too soon. I hope you guys had had a great, excuse me, Father's Day. I'm choking on my vodka soda right now. I'm drinking a vodka soda in honor of my father, Joey P. That was his drink of choice. And uh, I'm going to be answering some questions that people sent in for today's episode. I'm also going to be telling a couple stories about this motherfucker. And we're just celebrating grief because grief is so much fucking fun. (laughs) I don't know if you're anybody who's gone through the grieving process, but there is no rhyme or reason to it. You just got to ride that fucking wave. So that's what this podcast is all about. How to ride that grief wave with a little bit of dignity and, and humor, really. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Check out the Patreon page for the video. Uh, Shout out to Absolute Extracts, our sponsors also. And um, what else? There's something else that I am fucking missing. Oh, duh. Bong and Movie is out. New episodes every Friday. Go to my YouTube page, my YouTube YouTube channel, Jessie Mae Peluso, youtube.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso to check out Bong and Movie. If you're like, what the fuck is Bong and Movie? It's what you need in your life especially if you're going through grief. It's a show that I put on YouTube per the recommendation of Mr. Joe Rogan. And it features me smoking a bong, blazing a bong, and watching a movie. I'm going to go through all my favorites, classics, horrors, comedies, you name it. If you have any suggestions for movies you'd like me to watch, email them at jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com. I would love your movie suggestions. Even if I've seen it, I'm going to watch it again just for our viewing pleasure. So check out my YouTube channel for that show every Friday and make sure you subscribe and share it with your friends. Fo show, fo show. Um, and weeds day every Wednesday. Uh, like you guys don't know if you're listening, you know, you know, what's up. I feel like I just want to keep you educated, educated and entertained. What's the, the word edutainment and a little bit of inspiration. <sighs> Why am I breathing so heavy? <sighs> I'm like out of breath. (laughs) You know who else is out of breath? My dad, because he's dead. Oh, shit. Let's get into it. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Peluso. It's a personal 
look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. I talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Jessie Mae. We're here. We're doing it. Happy Father's Day. It is Father's Day. Cheers. I'm drinking my father's one of his favorite drinks. I'm already halfway through it. <laughs> it's a vodka club splash of crayon with some limes. I threw in some lemons and limes. My dad loved to drink. Joe Peluso was quite the lush. He was like a functioning alcoholic. I think um, that's what we what we like to call it, a functioning alcoholic. He He was never abusive. He was never one of those alcoholics that would cry, call us late at night and cry. That wasn't his style. He wasn't um, violent. He didn't start fights. He just was a jovial human. He really just who he, he was who he was when he was drunk, just on a heightened level. He swore a lot. He used to love to gamble. He used to play. Can, can you hear my dog? That, that's how loud he drinks water. I, I hope you can hear it. I hope you can fucking hear it. It drives me up a wall. You probably can't. But it sounds like, and he's scratching all goddamn day because it's allergy season. (laughs) Okay, Carlin, I think you got enough water. He's me pissing all over my apartment. In 10 minutes, I'm here crying about my dad being dead and Carlin's taking a piss on a houseplant. My, My dad, his watering hole in Syracuse, New York is change of pace, which is such a great name for a place that literally never changes. It's all the same people. It's all the same bartenders, the same food. It's it's such a great dive bar in Syracuse. And if you don't know the style of bars in Syracuse, the style is basically it's a house and then they put a bar and in, in like a in the kitchen. <laughs> it's always it's like houses. It's like a two bedroom home that they just converted into a fucking bar. In the back room that normally is like a living room or den, it's it's a it's a bar. It's a it's a bar in a house. That's that's all of Syracuse bars. It's it's really there's there's something um, quaint about that. I know you guys are probably thinking more white trash, but it's not. Syracuse really isn't white trash. I mean, we definitely have our methy situations, but isn't that every city? Let's be honest. You think there's not meth on the hill? Let's be real. You think there isn't meth out here in in Bel Air? Uh, yeah, I bet there is. I'm not in Bel Air, but I mean like in Bel Air, California. But it's it's definitely, you know, not not an elite group of people. But then again, we're finding out those people are pedophiles. <laughs> we don't want them in our fucking club, anyways. Dead Dad's Club. I'm not crying. I'm just pulling out a dog hair from my eye that there's just dog hairs floating around my house because I have three of them. So they always manage to get in my orifices against my will. That's another topic. We're not going there. I, I honestly grew up in a very blue collar working class society in my, in my hometown. And, um, my parents separated when I was nine 
pretty, pretty amicably. You know, my parents, I was lucky. My parents weren't too um, argumentative during that time. I don't remember that at all. They really, they didn't get too, um, there wasn't like a legal situation at all. They didn't get lawyers. There, there really wasn't even a divorce. I don't even think they like legally got divorced until 20 years after they got separated so that it was easier for my sister and I, as far as like health insurance and paperwork and all of that was considered. I think my mom kept her, my dad's last name too. (laughs) I think they're still together. I I think they're still, can you stop itching? Carlin, enough. I think they're still together. I think, uh, I think my dad passed away. My mom's still a married woman, but they, we were raised with a lot of love. We really were. We were very, very lucky. I would have been a stripper if my dad and my mom didn't love me as much as they did, which honestly in today's society, I'm not sure that I'd mind it. I mean, maybe not in the coronavirus society because you know, having dudes with masks on. But then again, maybe it wouldn't be so bad to strip with a bunch of dudes with face masks on. You don't have to see their fucking gross faces. They're not heavy breathing on you. There's no spit on you or drool. Uh, You don't have to worry about if they've got like a weird missing tooth, like a Stonehenge tooth situation. You can just do you, drop it like it's hot and you don't have to see the half the dude's face. Sounds kind of nice. Can I, can I sign up now? Now might be the time to start stripping. I almost just swallowed a fucking ice cube for all you ASMR people out there. I have a photo of my dad and, um, I feel like you have to see it. (laughs) I'm going to save it for the end. It's that good. We have a bunch of questions from people on the interwebs that I'm going to be getting to, um, on my Instagram page, instagram.com forward slash Jesse Me Paluso, I put um, a, a question prompt. So thank you to you guys who answered that call and asked me some questions to address on today's episode. So I will get to that. But we're just going to go. I, I got a couple items here that uh, are memories of my dad. I'll do my best not to cry, but you guys have heard me cry in this fucking podcast. I'm a female I have easy access to my emotions, so ain't no shame in that in the crying game. <laughs> One thing that I, I I keep things, I guess it's sentimental or a hoarder. I'm a hoard. I'm a sentimental hoarder. I don't really hoard. I actually I have a very clean apartment, and it's there's not a lot of accumulation whatsoever. It, it uh, hoarding causes me great great anxiety. But I do, for some reason, as a kid, I knew the value or maybe subconsciously knew the value of moments and how we accumulate so many moments in our life that naturally we can't retain them all in our memories. But if you have something tangible, like a card or a note or a photo or, you know, some other talisman that you've collected throughout the years that you can use to help you recollect a memory, a, a memory? What, wow, what did I just say? To help you recollect a memory. I think it's a, a useful tool in that sense. So I have these, can you hear them? These 3D glasses. These 3D glasses are from 19, I want to say, God, I wish there was a, oh, 1991, Bat Jack Productions. 
Um, glasses licensed for viewing natural vision programs only manufactured by spatial technologies in Hollywood, California. Now what they used to do, this makes me feel so old, but I'm still so cute. Um, back in the day, they would show 3d movies on cable and it's not like today. We actually had to like look at the cable guide which usually came out in the paper the week of, like on a Monday, you'd have your whole schedule for the week. We were so much more organized. No matter we're such a fucking crazy society, there's no more organization. There's way too many options. We have option paralysis. We need, we need a cable guide back. So you, you would be able to like schedule your week out and what you were going to watch. Total American pastime. So on the weekends... Once in a while, certain cable stations would offer 3D movies and you could pick your your glasses up, these 3D glasses. I think they would mail them to you or you could get them at the grocery store. I don't remember exactly. If, if somebody knows, message me and let me know. Um, fill me in. And if somebody remembers this, please uh, connect with me because I can't be the only person from that era who remembers this. So one of my dad's favorite actors was John Wayne and this particular movie is Hondo. I remember watching this movie on the edge of my sister's bed. My father was between us. Emily was on one side. I was on the other. We all (laughs) had these fucking glasses on and it really just it, it was such a great memory. You know, we got to watch the fucking movie in 3D from our cable television in our own home. Now, I don't, I can't recall the quality, but everything is so relevant to the time that I'm sure when I was watching it, it felt like Hondo was in my fucking sister's bedroom and not fucking in my sister's bedroom. That's a totally different situation. My father would have not sat willingly and watched that show. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> But we watched Hondo, which to I to this day I can't I couldn't recall any scene. Actually, I take that back. I can recall one scene specifically that we watched with these glasses on. And it was a scene where one of the Native Americans was pulling back his bow and arrow and going to shoot one of the other guys, maybe John Wayne or one of his cohorts. And the arrow comes through the TV and my dad went, "Whoa!" That motherfucker dodged. We all did. We all did. This was like, this was t- like fucking state of the art technology, you assholes. This right here, cardboard and two different colored pieces of, of saran wrap to create a moment in your household. And now you've got that right in the palm of your hand, you ungrateful, greedy cunts. You should know your history. Know your cinematic history and where it came from. But I kept these. I kept these because it was one of the rare memories I had of my dad living in the house. That's also such an uh, another interesting thing, like what the brain decides to remember. You know, because I don't really think we have any conscious control over what moments to card catalog throughout our life it would be great if you could sounds like a black mirror episode might be a nightmare for some of you to think about that 
um, responsibility to pick and choose what memories you could have. But, you know, it's, it's interesting what memories your brain and your mind and your heart and your body and all the things that are involved in the process, what memories are chosen to be retained in that little limited box that we have up there in our brains. And I don't know that I would have that memory if I didn't have these glasses. I think eventually it would fade fade away. Um, but this definitely was, I, I keep these, I will not get rid of these. I have them in a box. <laughs> and, you know, we're definitely going to have to watch Hondo on Bong and Movie, without a doubt. Um, we have to watch them. You know, I, I probably should do it this week. I probably should do it just in honor of my dad since it's fresh on the brain that I I handle <laughs> Ando alone. <laughs> uh, let's do a question here from v- Vladdy Daddy. Vladdy Daddy Da. Vladdy Da. Vladdy Daddy Da. I fucking love you, Jesse May. My heart goes out to you. Stay strong, stay great and positive. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm good. I appreciate that, but I am good. And I appreciate you sending love and not hate. It's sweet of you. I'm, I, I allow myself to navigate through these emotions pretty, pretty honestly. I definitely have been in the fetal position on my closet floor many a day. (laughs) Grief is a cunt. Grief is a cunt. It has a way of slipping right up in your life in the most inconvenienced times, inconvenienced times ever. Grief has a way of just sneaking up on you when you least expect it. You're just holding a mango in the produce department and it makes you think of holding your dad's hand because they were strong but soft and filled you with nourishment and the next thing you know you're crying over a mango and the produce department manager is like ma'am can we help you and it's like no my dad's dead it's like you give away all this stupid information that's another thing when somebody you love dies you tell everybody you tell them all you're like no my dad is dead are there any more mangoes it's really it's a really strange emotion to to possess because you want to give it away almost for me at least I don't always want to grieve alone. I want to put it someplace else. So if I'm feeling particularly grievy on a certain day, I'll go to the grocery store and just give it to everybody else. <laughs> I'm not out here spreading coronavirus. I'm out here spreading sadness all over the kumquats. <laughs> That's my gift to you fuckers. Free sadness. Feel it. Feel it. Let it fill you. Um, let's do another question here. Michael Chandler one. Hey, thank you in advance for your support. I, I don't know. I don't know that I support you, sir. I don't know who you are, but I guess you're welcome. Uh, you know, hopefully you're a good person doing good things, but at least you have the confidence enough to think that a stranger supports you. I, I live on and, and prosper, sir. You know, it was a show my dad loved, by the way, Star Trek. Laser Green, favorite bars, restaurants in both Cuse and Bing. What's Bing? Like Binghamton? I hate to break it to you, but Binghamton is white trash. <laughs> Anybody knows Binghamton, New York? Woof. Uh, I I don't know any bars in Binghamton. I never went up there as a kid, as an adult. I went. I did one show in Binghamton as an adult at a uh, like a museum, like this really strange museum, and I loved it because they had boxed wine there and this really weird decor. There was like a some strange 
like hairdresser chair and all these mirrors and, and leftover utensils, like kitchen utensils. It just felt like somebody who collected a bunch of shit and then, and then vanished. Like either they were murdered or they literally just, it was like a magician who just completely disappeared out of thin air. Um, it was it was a weird weird gig but that's the only time i've ever been to binghamton my favorite bars in syracuse you know i love going to the dinosaur barbecue when they've got a good live show pizza originale really isn't a bar but they make fantastic drinks if you're in the syracuse area go to pizza originale a pizza originale it's right across the street from dinosaur barbecue so if you're if you're if there's a long wait at a pizza regionale, hopefully there will be again once we open up. Go across the street to Dinosaur Barbecue and have a drink because they've got a great bar over there. And then come back over to a pizza regionale and have one of their fantastic cocktails. And you have to get the Salsalito, the um uh, the Calabria, <gasps> the Calabrian pizza. Ha ha ha! It's fu- look, I'm a skinny bitch, but I eat. I love 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 food. And of course, my dad's watering hole. I We try and get back there as often as we can, the change of pace. It's a great little spot. Great bartenders. They bust your balls. You can play bar kino. You can go there, get wasted, and lose all of your money. All of it. Like thousands of dollars. <laughs> they got great wings, though. <laughs> Where else do I love in Syracuse? I feel like I'm going to, you know, finish this recording and be like, oh, fuck, I probably should have said that place, too. Um... Uh, Otro Cinco, I think that's what it's called in downtown. Really cute spot. And of course, all those places in Armory Square, like Kitty Hoynes, um, Blue Tusk, Empire Brewery. Uh, there's there's so many great spots downtown, like Armory Square. I, I definitely perused that place when I was like 17 and, and totally drank my face off. I just definitely was like, yeah, I'm 21, totally 21. Can I have all the alcohol, please? That's what you did in upstate New York. Probably Binghamton too. Binghamton too. I would imagine though that you guys in Binghamton have like a bar that has like fake cows and then there's liquor in the teats and you guys can suck from the cow's udders and that's just like a bar thing. Instead of riding a bull, you guys suck the alcohol out of fake udders. That's a good idea. There should be a bull riding and an udder bar. Just think about it. Uh, Monk 420-2004. Wow. You ever get a chance to smoke with your father? You know, my dad wasn't a big smoker. Uh, I definitely, there's a couple podcasts where I was smoking around him. He did a weeds day with me. I'll have to have Debbie find it. And I, I remember blowing smoke in his face, but he never enjoyed drugs. He was never... He never did really anything. He was never into like cocaine or luckily nothing, heroin. He just, he would free base in our basement. We called it the free basement. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Oh, she laughs at herself too much. Suck a dick. Uh, LaCour 406. What was your dad's career? That's a really sweet question. My dad had a few careers. He bartend tended bar at twin trees which is a great place to get a slice as we say upstate he also sold a little real estate but his main gig he worked for the city of syracuse 
doing housing inspections. So if you bought a home, he'd come do radon testing, check the foundation, windows, air quality, um, all that stuff that you get checked when you buy a house. That's what my dad did. Actually, I it's funny you say that. I have his business card <laughs> right here. It says, JP Housing Inspections. Have a pro inspect your home. Inspections for residential sales, 26 years experience. And it has his old number on it. Oh my God. I used to hound him because I wanted him to have it say, have a pro named Joe in, in, inspect your home. Have a pro named Joe inspect your home. But he, he was like, no, it's got to be more professional. That's not what my dad sounded like, but um, he didn't like it at all. He said, have a pro inspect your home, which, which was good. I just really wanted a little rhyme there, you know, just a little rhyme situation. Um, Matthew Wandry 96. I'm sure this will be the most common question, but what is your favorite memory with him? God, there's so many. There's so many. Him and I hung out all the time. We did so many wild things. Um, one of my favorite memories, I've probably talked about it on the podcast, but since you asked, is when I was about 13 or 14, I'd gotten my learner's permit. However old you are, like 15 when you get your learner's permit. And, um, Crystalia should know. I, <laughs> just kidding. Everyone's making jokes. We got to joke about it. We have to heal. I was about 15. I was staying at my dad's house, which was right around the corner from my mom's house, literally three blocks away. And he never let me drive alone. He always let me drive the car when he was in the car, which was kind of the deal when you got your learner's permit. And he was pretty lenient with allowing me to do that. He used to let me drive all the time. And he promised me, my dad and I were always negotiating. It's where I got my negotiation skills. We all, I, we were always doing a give and take. You know, it was always like, all right, well, if you're going to drive and you got to do this. And if it, it just was, that, that was, you know, a part of our relationship. And so I wanted him to let me drive alone and he just was not having it. And then one night I, I negotiated with him. I said, all right, dad, which really wasn't a negotiation as much as it was me just getting what I wanted. But when you're the youngest, cutest daughter, it kind of goes that way. I was like, dad, let me take the car. And this was my negotiation. I'll just take it around the block. That's it. Just around the block. Just going to go for a joy ride by myself. Let me feel a little freedom. Dad, shouldn't I feel a little freedom? You got to let me become a woman. When is it going to happen? You know, I'm already bleeding. I'm driving cars. That's the natural progression of a woman. You bleed and then you drive. That's how it goes. That's how you become an adult. And he wasn't really having it. And then I finally, because I had him wrapped around my finger, finally, finally, finally got him to go, okay, just around the block. You come right back. You motherfuckers know I was gone for like an hour and a half. I was gone for like an hour and a half. And not only was I gone for an hour and a half, I picked up three of my girlfriends. You can ask them. Lindsay Cameron, Allison Garland, and Amy Gazarowski. Shout out, girls. How are you, my friends from high school? I picked every single one of those girls up. And every time I picked one up, I'd go back around my dad's house, beep and wave. This was at about 10 o'clock at night also. Probably not, maybe not 10, like 9 o'clock at night. Every time I picked up a friend, go back to my dad's house, beep, wave. He was standing at the edge of the driveway the entire time. And we laughed our asses off. It was one of the most fun things. We still talk about it when we see each other. 
remember that time you stole your dad's car? <laughs> he was so, so, so angry. I dropped everybody off, came back. And that's that was a hard lesson for my father to learn that I was a little bit sneakier and a better negotiator than he was. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite memories just because of how angry he was and the fact that he actually let me do it. What was he thinking? Uh, Weep Weeping Willow 420. That's a, that's a mouthful. My dad's with your dad somewhere and this day is already shit. You know, here's the thing about that. I get it. This day can be difficult for people, especially if you had undealt with relationship or, you know, remain residual pain or anger or unsaid words. I'm very fortunate because I don't have any of that. And there's another person here, Death Tokyo, who says, my dad is dead. Should I be sad? So we're on that same line of sadness. If you feel sad, be sad. That's fine. That's, a, that's you honoring your emotions. Sadness is, is a part of grief. And honestly, I've said this before. I really think grief is just a reminder that there was love. And it's love with no place to go. So if you feel that way, if you had a good relationship with your dad, or even if you didn't, allow those emotions to come in and out. You know, you're not, there's no supposed way to feel. There's no rhyme or reason or rule as to how to grieve. You just have to honor yourself. And if you want to be sad, then fucking be sad. And if you think the day is going to be shit, then the day is probably going to be shit, but it doesn't have to be. That's why I recorded this episode, just to, to remind you, it doesn't have to be shit. Here's proof. Here's a selfie my dad took with a Polaroid while he was in the driver's seat of the car. It doesn't have to be shit. This is how, this is how you should go at life. My dad... He honestly, I think he was the OG of, of selfie takers because there's so many selfies of him that I have like him at his desk at work and, and things like that. This is like from like the 90s. Joe Peluso was popping off selfies. So I guess the point is that the day doesn't have to be shit, but if you think it's going to be shit, then it will be. But you can also remember things that bring you joy and things that make you laugh and even things that make you upset. Isn't that life? Don't we experience a vast array of emotions on a daily basis? I, I feel bad for men when I think about this because I, I think in society we more often than not favor our girls and teach our girls to honor their emotions and teach our girls to you know, um, we, we put more focus on the, on the female aspect when it comes to crying and, and accessing your emotions. And then boys get taught to stuff them down. Don't cry. Crying's for girls. No, it's cr crying's for humans and some creatures. I bet you seahorses cry. Probably not, but maybe, maybe that's why the, the ocean's so salty. It's filled with seahorse tears from all their dead dads. The whole point is, that sadness is a part of the process and allow it. Allow the emotions. It's all good. Maybe we'll see him at the end. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, Lisa last name Smith. For 36 years, I didn't have a dad. And now he's popped up in my life straight out of prison. What do I do? <laughs> wow. Podcast with him immediately.
I would podcast with him. I would start a podcast call called My Dad's Out of Jail or Free Dad or something along those lines. Start a podcast and get to know him on your podcast. Or just do it in private. But there's something really riveting there that you're beginning a relationship after almost 40 years, you're, you're 30, you said for 36 years, you didn't have a dad. So I'm assuming you're 36, maybe you're a little bit older and he just popped into your life. That's a scenario in of itself, just not having a dad. And then he came back. But the fact that the reason he came back is because he's out of jail. High Netflix documentary. Forget Joe exotic. How about Joe? No, (laughs) Joe, not incarcerated anymore. Joe exonerated, not Joe exotic. That's that. That's you have an opportunity to build a relationship, and hopefully you can get through any sort of pain or any sort of um, anger you have towards him, resentment. Deal with all of that. Face all of that. It might be. It might behoove you both to go to a therapy appointment together too. But if you can muster it and deal with it, I would do a podcast or at least one of those story, like a thing where you can record his story. It's really interesting. I'm interested to know what, what your dad went to jail for 36 years ago. Are you white? Are you black? If you're black, he probably didn't do it. If you're white, he wouldn't have been in jail. So that's the way it goes. (laughs) Don't get fucking sensitive on me, bros. Ashley Dahl. How's your dad been, has your dad been in touch via fart machine lately or joined you in any nature walks? That's so funny that I have a clip from, I have a clip from my weeds day show from two summers ago, last summer or the summer before where I had a fart machine and I was trying to connect with my dad through the fart machine and he came through. (laughs) Can you believe that? He came through. I counted down and I said, if he's here to make the fart machine go off and it went off, consider it a coincidence. Again, it comes down to your belief, your belief in your faith. Those are the only two things that matter. That's those are the, the defining factors in your mental health. Those are the things that will dictate how you feel about yourself in the world. So I chose to believe that my father, the flatulent hero, Joe Peluso, came through in the form of a fart. And it would be the way my father would come through, by the way, in the form of a fart, a hundred percent. Our fart jokes were just what what we did and how we communicated. That that is just that was our jam. This motherfucker would tell me to pull his finger. He would lift his leg to fart. You might think it's gross. I just thought it was dad. Um, Steffer J21. Two Father's Days now without my dad. DDC sending mad love. DDC, Dead Dad's Club. Yeah, you know, you're all the Father's Days you have are going to be without him. <laughs> I don't know if you've considered that. I'm sure you have. Probably wanted to forget it. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but dad's gone. He ain't coming back unless, unless we all can configure out that whole Jodie Foster thing, contact, 
where she was able to contact with her dad through some weird time portal that she fell through in that big-ass machine they built. How do they build that machine? We've got a bong and movie, that one. Absolutely. Ricky Wintenzel. Ricky Winzettel. You sound like something that lives in Narnia. Or you were a part of the, the original group of people who went to look for the ring. Have you ever given a cat a hug? Fuck you. A cat a hug? You can't hug a cat. You'll lose an eye. Cats are vicious. Have you ever given a cat a hug? Probably didn't survive it. They're violent little fuckers. I don't trust them. I don't trust them as far as I can touch them. You, you can't even throw a cat. You ever try and throw a cat? It always lands on its feet. <laughs> I've never thrown a cat. We're just having fun. I don't want all of you angry lesbians to come at me. <laughs> Alistair Penman sound. That's a mouthful. Oh, wow. Alive dads. Alive dads. How can I spot a fellow dead dad gal without saying, yo, want to date yo dad dead? What? <laughs> Dude, your sentence. Am I stoned or is it just really hard to read your sentence? Oh, I see. It's a continuation. Uh, let's see if I can find the beginning. Um, with a dead dad, I'm trying to find a date this Sunday and it's a day off, but bitches be seeing their alive dads. How can I spot a fellow dead dad gal without saying, yo, want to date yo dad dead? I get it. <laughs> yeah. Why not, why not just say that? Why not just have a little humor about it? And also, you don't have to date a fellow dead dad gal unless that's your deal breaker. But if that's your deal breaker, it tells me that you have undealt with trauma over your dad's death. And maybe you should unpack that a little bit before packing it onto another human being. That's just my opinion. That's solely my opinion. But if you're in need of dating a fellow dead dad DDC club member, you could just as easily dress like a dad and, and maybe she'll just come running through the woods. You know, if she hasn't dealt with her dead dad, the loss of her father, she might be looking for a dad. And then the both of you can, can bury each other's trauma inside of each other. <laughs> In other words, you shouldn't be looking for someone based off of their death of their dad or not. Just meet somebody naturally. Don't go looking for people who match your own situation. It's a wrong, wrong reason to be getting into a relationship, Alistair. Come on, get your shit together. You're, make your dad proud. Um, Alico, not a question, but sending love to you. Holidays suck when you've lost a lo loved one. Thanks a lot. You know, I feel pretty good. Like I said earlier, I've kept a lot of notes. I've got a note here that just says love, dad. I think, I think keeping these little things really are a way of peppering memories throughout your life. I don't know what this is from. Probably money. My dad used to give me money all the time. I wouldn't have survived, and my mom, I wouldn't have survived in New York City for as long as I did if my parents didn't give me money initially when I moved there because I didn't find a good job until like two or three years in. And my dad had to, had to send me money all the time. And he, you know how he'd mail me stuff? He was so impatient. He wouldn't like take time to buy a card he would use the empty envelopes from his older bills and just tape them and put money in a note in it. <laughs> I wish I would have kept some of those. I'm sure I have them somewhere. But he would like, you know, pay his bill and then keep the empty envelopes because he also was cheap. He was definitely cheap. 
And he would put like notes and some cash in it, but God bless him. That shit got me through. He always, I could always count on him to get me out of a financial pickle. And let me tell you, I was always in one. He also, he he really had chicken scratch for handwriting. He um, would take care of my insurance, car insurance, and and the uh, what's the, the what's the other thing? Registration. He would <laughs> take care of that. So I have a note here that just says, please put these in your glove conformment, conforiment. That's what it looks like it says. Please put these in your glove conforiment. Love, Dad. Um, he called me Jessica. That that actually is the name I was born with, Jessica May. A little um, insider info that you guys can have here. But both my parents called me Jessie May as a nickname here's a note with a date on it from my father shit asmr oh sorry that was really loud <laughs> i just saw the levels pop off the screen this note says here's your triple a card he also handled my triple a card if you need it tell them you're visiting a friend in new york city you have to call the number and not the Syracuse phone number. They will tow you up to 100 miles. Make sure if you have to call Hyundai Roadside Assistance, ask them how long they will be if it's a long time. Call AAA instead. Then when you get home, call Hyundai again to pick up car. I love dad. I mean, this dude, this is the type of shit that saves your daughter from, from, from becoming a stripper. These little moments of care and help in, in present, just being present as a dad. And let me, if there's any fathers listening, um, and in daughters as well, but specifically fathers, if you are a father of a daughter and you have something serious that you want to talk to her about, but it's uncomfortable, whatever it is about her dating, if she's young and she's starting to become a woman and about her menstruation cycle and you know, maybe you don't have a wife around to help you or you're separated or you do have a wife and it's, you know, something that you handle. Whatever the scenario, if you do find yourself in a situation where you are forced or required or have to talk to your daughter about something serious, don't not do it because it's uncomfortable. Spend your time to talk to her and to let her know she can come to you and to be emotional and vulnerable with your daughter. It's in society, we've also sort of regulated and delegated these roles. And, and while roles are, are important with parents, it's not just a mom's job to talk about the emotional stuff and not just a dad's job to talk about the AAA and car insurance. Those things can be interchangeable. And sometimes you're in a situation where you're forced to take on both roles. And so I'm here to let you know that it may be very difficult to talk about these things with your daughter, sex and drugs and all of that, but please do it. You have no idea how you're helping her relationships in the future, her relationship with her children in the future, with friends, with coworkers, with herself. The more you can be vulnerable as a guy, especially as a father, the more confidence um, and, and fortitude you're going to provide for your girl. 
So just know that if it's difficult, find a fucking way to say it, Gary. (laughs) Okay? Find a way, Tom. Find a fucking way. Because there'll be a million reasons why. There'll be a hundred reasons why in the room. And all it takes is just the one reason for you to believe in. And just say it. And if you're like, how? How do I do it? You don't have to sit her down in her bedroom or sit her down on the couch and make it all awkward. Take her out for lunch. Take her for a walk around the block. Maybe having some environment and movement and sounds and something else not too distracting going on, it won't be so focused on the conversation. Or if you do want to be more focused on the conversation, sure, sit her down. Maybe pour a bourbon. Probably not the best idea, but a little bit. They give babies bourbons. Just give her a little teenage you know, two finger, maybe just a one finger. Probably shouldn't be talking about fingers and teenagers. <laughs> yeah, she was giving great advice and still she, until she started talking about fingering teenagers. <laughs> this is not Chris D'Elia's podcast. Um, guys, we have to laugh about it. Allegedly, we have to laugh about it. Come on, let's have fun. I, I want you fathers to have faith and confidence in your ability to communicate with your daughter and be vulnerable with her. And that it makes you more of a man if you can do that. So that's what I wanted to tell you to not be afraid of. And if you are still afraid, feel free to email me. I can provide you with a, a temper, a, a starter template for you to begin with. A little conversation. You can email me at comedy at gmail.com and I will, I'll help you. Grand Nothing says, getting back on meds for the first time in years so nervous. Well, you know, I don't know what kind of meds you're on, so I can't really speak to that, sir. I really wish I could. I would say do your own research, maybe research alternative holistic options for yourself, depending on what your ailment is. I know there's certain ailments that require pharmaceuticals, but let me tell you, there's a lot of holistic options out there that can help. Um, besides, you know, making sure you're implementing sunshine, exercise, clean eating, and some sex and good sleep into your already regular daily regime, regime, what was this, Hitler? Regimen. Um, So just make sure that you are also living a healthy life across the border there, across the board. And uh, I I hope you're okay, sir. I don't know what, what, what kind of situation you got going on, but yeah, I don't know what kind of meds you're on, bro. I wish I had some more details here. You're like, I'm on drugs. Hope it goes well. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> if it's acid, have a fun fucking trip. Aaron the Butterfly, my pen pal. Coming to terms with Dead Dad's Club for almost 10 years and it still doesn't feel real. Isn't that crazy? I, that to me tells me that you had a really good dad. And it, I don't know if, it, if, if it's that it doesn't feel real or maybe you need to dig a little deeper. Maybe you have to find ways to sort of face it a little bit more honestly with yourself and, and get deeper into some memories with your dad and and maybe have conversations with him. I still talk to my dad. I swear at him. I laugh with him. I reminisce with him. I think that's totally healthy. And even if he answers back in some form, like a fart machine, it's it's whatever you need to do to get through the moment. And if it doesn't feel real, that could be a survival mechanism. It could just be the way you're processing but it also could be a way that you are not necessarily coping with the whole experience. And maybe you need to do some more soul searching. Maybe you need to go on a trip 
or do something with your dad, bring him along with you somehow and, and do something that maybe you didn't get to do while he was alive. But I totally can relate and understand and it's real shit. It's real. Uh, your dad's dead. <laughs> I am brutal. Uh, Bree Page, what did you do to prepare for your father's death? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, the thing with a disease like Alzheimer's is that you grieve them while they're alive. You have no other choice because you lose pieces of them every single day. You lose pieces of them into the abyss every single day. And you have to find ways to cope with that because there's no way of you recouping those pieces. So you literally are mourning someone who is alive. You're mourning every day a little bit more the shell of someone who you once knew. So it's a very difficult thing to process in, in an unnatural way to grieve. It's almost like grieving in purgatory where you're sort of suspended in this existence that feels not real, like Aaron Butterfly was mentioning before. And it also feels too real because of the pain of not being able to get them back. And, and also the pain that hope can provide in a weird way where you have these little moments of lucidity and it gives you hope that they're going to return. And it's like this tough game, this like trick that the disease plays on you. It's like this trick that makes you think that they're coming back. And in, 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 in part, some of them, some of them do, does come back in that moment. They're not a hundred percent gone. And even up into the last moments of them being alive, especially my father, there were pieces of him that came back. Um, I remember this one moment when he was in hospice and he couldn't talk anymore. He was barely eating. He was barely making eye contact. And I was trying to feed him and he was eating a little bit. He was eating just a little bit and it gave me so much hope. I was like, oh, he, he's going to get better. That's what I kept telling myself. And, you know, sometimes we tell ourselves lies that do damage. And then sometimes we tell ourselves lies that hopefully repairs some of the damage already done. And I was feeding him and he just grabbed my hand and he put it on his face and he just rubbed my hand on his face and looked right at me and th there he is now uh, that's him in a helicopter <laughs> he, he looked right at me and we had this moment I don't know if it was us saying goodbye. It, to me, it felt more like he was just telling, 
telling me he loved me and that he could feel my love and could feel me caring for him and knew that he wasn't going alone. And it was one of the most beautiful, heartbreaking, moments I've ever had in my life besides just losing him in general it was heartbreaking on so many levels because my dad and I were so close but we never really talked a lot about the tough stuff I don't have any regrets but that's why I say to you dads out there to talk even if it's hard because you might not get you might not get another opportunity and at least honor your time on this earth by building a strong relationship with the one two three four however many daughters you have so often we get caught in our circles and our cycles and our hamster wheels that we think it's always gonna come we're in this instant gratification society and this instant satiation existence where we just think our resources are just limitless and they're not the main resource the one most invaluable resource in life is time and I hate to fucking break it to you it does not recharge it doesn't refresh it's not like the alarm app on your phone where you can start a the stopwatch and then reset it it's not the way it works and you don't want to have any regrets so say everything you can and I know in that moment when my dad was holding my hand on his cheek that he was saying all the things he couldn't fucking say and that's the power of love that is the power of love that I didn't need to hear any words to know what he was trying to communicate And, and there's, there's nothing else in life that brings me fulfillment other than moments like that. And I think we are, a lot of us forget that. We live so fast these days on, on these, on these fucking devices that our relationships with our devices are deeper than they are with our dads. And... The irony is that devices will outlast us. It's going to be fucking Wally. So don't leave anything unsaid. Say everything, even if it's hard. And if your dad's embarrassing or whatever, just know that he's only that way because he loves you. And if you have a hard relationship with your dad or it's strained, I said this earlier, on my Instagram, unless there was some unforgivable situation, behavior, scenario with your dad, figure out a way to make it work just for yourself. I'm so fortunate that my dad and I spent so much time together that I don't, I don't miss things like, oh, I wish, I wish this and I wish that. I just miss him. I just miss him because we were so close, but we spent so much time together and we were so close and we spoke multiple times a week. And so I, I don't have any of that void 
like some people do. So that's one of my gifts to you because I don't have that void. I feel so happy. I was able to say goodbye. So make sure when you're preparing, if you have the opportunity to at least get a head start on saying goodbye to somebody that you do that however you need to. Because when that time is passed, you won't get it back. And it, it could be something that you ruminate on for years and something that eats away at you for years. It, it could erode your resolve all because you didn't say something. In this era where there's so many podcasts and so many people saying things that don't fucking matter and you're spending hours listening to it, although I thank you so much for listening, not that this doesn't matter, but you spend so much time listening to other people talk shit, why wouldn't you spend five minutes saying something important to somebody you love? So I just, I hope you guys... If you're in the Dead Dads Club, I'm sorry if I made you cry. If you're not and you cried, you're a good person. (laughs) I just wanted to share some real emotions, memories, and thoughts with you because I know so many people struggle with this and so many people have reached out to me about this during the time that my father was sick and, and sick with Alzheimer's. So I appreciate your trust in me and your support through this process because like I said grief is a process that goes on for the rest of your life so find a way to make it work for you and know that sadness is a part of it and it's it's okay to not be okay that's what I say I say I'm okay and I'm not and I'm okay with that so on that note for those of you listening thank you for listening and for those of you watching Here's a photo of my dad's ass. You're welcome. This was taken at our camp, our summer camp. For some reason, my father would sleep without pants on, not in a pervy way, just in a stubborn Italian, Sicilian way. And um, some mornings we'd wake up in his bare culo, his bare Sicilian fucking bread would be, well, not bread, that, that sounds like his dick. His dick was never out. But once in a while, that dirt star would be winking at us in the morning And my friend Amy and I would lose our shit. And Amy, actually, I think Amy took this photo. (laughs) We, we tiptoed out of the room, saw his ass, and went and got his Polaroid that he used to use for his housing inspections. That this was taken on his fucking camera. And now it's for you guys to see. My sisters are probably swearing to themselves. But he, he just was, he was the greatest guy. He was the greatest man. He was flawed. He was funny. He was compassionate and loved his family. And I'm a better person for have having been his daughter. And I continue to carry on his legacy and to try and bring awareness to Alzheimer's. And if anyone out there struggling with somebody who has it, there are many resources out there. We are hilarity for charity we are hfc um i think it's right hfc yeah we are hfc.org that's seth rogan and his wife laura rogan's organization they do amazing work bringing light to this really dark disease and obviously alzheimer's association excuse me has a lot of resources and references for you guys and me so um 
I, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Um, I appreciate you guys supporting and asking your questions and trusting me with your emotions. And <sighs> thanks to my dad for, you know, not wearing a condom that one night. Thanks for, thanks for mom for taking it too. I didn't have to say that. That was unnecessary. It's Sunday, you know, it's Father's Day, but my dad would have laughed. My dad would have laughed. I should have put my fart machine on. I'm really mad that I didn't, but there's always another episode. Thank you guys so much. Please subscribe to the Patreon page if you want to watch the video and see me actually crying in real life. <laughs> and don't forget that grieving is a totally natural thing and don't try and fight it. It'll come up and haunt you. Let it in. Let it in and let it out and you'll get through it. Thank you guys so much. Happy fucking Father's Day. Dead Dad's Club for life. Thank you so much. Shout out to Joey P. Love ya. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.